This is Andrew Schultz. I'm the sales manager for CHS Ag Services. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Cooden. We'll have updates from Sierra Doctor and Whitney Pittman as well. The National Weather Service office in Aberdeen says ground blizzard conditions will be seen throughout the day today. The Weather Service offices in Grand Forks and Bismarck warning that visibility will be limited by blowing snow tonight into tomorrow and in some cases through Saturday morning. Extremely cold conditions are evident across the region. At this hour, Wishick is reporting 23 degrees below zero with a wind chill of 58 below. In the Mandan area, ranchers feeding cows this morning with temps of 21 below, a wind chill of a minus 54. The air temp is 20 below zero right now at Jamestown, 15 below at Hillsboro, 13 below at Wadena. Wind chill values in the minus 30 to minus 50 degree range are common across the Northern Plains and Upper Midwest. South Dakota State University Extension climatologist Laura Edwards reminds livestock producers that extra measures will be necessary through severe cold temperatures. Looking at our livestock stress tool using our South Dakota mesonet and and the weather forecast, we will be getting into the extreme category on um, at, at a lot of locations in South Dakota as we look forward. Certainly, you know, still take protections. Our feedlot specialist here at SDSU with extension, you know, encourages bedding and make sure, you know, got your windbreaks up if you have that. Maybe move some temporary windbreak in place if you have access to that because these wind chills really will be a, a big factor in their comfort and their performance in the long run. Edwards also says with warmer than average temperatures in the extended forecast, more precipitation is likely and could impact travel. Looking at next week, uh, right around the new year time, we do see a trend towards warmer temperatures, warmer than average. And that's true all across the lower 48 states. So that is good news for those of us who, who are getting kind of sick of the cold weather we've had the last few weeks here in December. And also along with that, around the turn of the year, we do see more chances of precipitation across the area as well. So could see some more snowfall around that same time. And, you know, along with that, you always got to be aware of the travel conditions. And so keep an eye on your 511. Well, they're certainly having an impact on the cattle market. Comstock Investments market analyst Joe Camp says travel impacts and the cold temperatures slow movement. Yeah, it does uh, seem to have an impact on uh, feed gains and also just generally the the marketing effort, I think, is the biggest um, effect here. And we're going to think a lot about that leading into the rest of this week where we have some really uh, important livestock reports, the monthly slaughter report, but also at the end of the week, the cattle on feed update. Well, the Senate naming Alexis Taylor as its Undersecretary for Trade and Agricultural Affairs. Taylor recently served as the Director of Oregon Department of Agriculture. U.S. Meat Export Federation President Dan Hallstrom says USMEF is excited that a key trade position has been filled. The Undersecretary of Trade position is a relatively new position dating back to the Trump administration. Um, but nevertheless, we see it as a very key position as we try to develop trade uh, in new areas around the world, uh, this will be invaluable to, to be able to collaborate with Alexis Taylor in this role. We look forward to expanding that uh, in her new role as we uh, get more aggressive and try to develop some of these new markets around the world. 
Taylor is an Iowa native who served as the director of the Oregon Department of Agriculture for six years. Before that, she oversaw USDA's Farm and Foreign Agricultural Service. Farm groups are still awaiting Doug McCallop's confirmation as the chief agricultural trade negotiator, and they hope that will happen during the lame duck session. Weekly report from the Energy Information Administration showing ethanol production for the week ending December 16th down 32,000 barrels per day at 1.029 million barrels per day. Ethanol stocks are down 300,000 barrels to 24.1 million barrels. The Center for Food Safety, the Center for Environmental Health, Pesticide Action Network of North America, and a coalition of farm worker groups are suing EPA. The lawsuit claims the agency is required to test and regulate pesticides that disrupt the body's hormones. Glyphosate, atrazine, and 2,4-D are among the products they say are recognized as disrupting the endocrine system. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Thursday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. The Minnesota Department of Natural Resources re, uh, released their finalized 10-year wolf plan earlier this week. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. Minnesota's new 10-year wolf plan has been in the works since 2019 and was finalized earlier this week. Central Minnesota rancher Miles Kushel represented the Minnesota Farm Bureau on the panel tasked with advising the plan. There was a diverse group within the wolf management plan update committee. Um, Everybody from pro-wolf people to pro-management people and people in between. Uh, It was a 20-member team. You know, I kind of want to stress that, you know, it was a collaborative effort between all all parties involved. And I mean, no one side got everything they wanted. No other side got, you know, everything they they wanted. So, I mean, in the end, it was a good collaboration. Uh, There's some, obviously, some things that we would like to see a little stronger. But Definitely, overall, I think it's going to be a good plan moving forward. Currently, the federal government has the gray wolf on the endangered species list. Kushal said in order for the plan to actually be implemented, wolf management would have to be back in control of the state. So when <laughs> when listeners hear the, the phrase, it would take an act of Congress, uh, this literally would. Uh, the last uh, go-around in 2020, Uh, to delist the wolves uh, was actually an initiative executive order by uh, the President of the United States and the Department of the Interior to delist the wolves. Of course, then a judge uh, reinstated them shortly after that. So unfortunately, uh, it's going to take an act of Congress in order to delist the wolves. Reporting agriculture's business on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman. Weather concerns pulled the wheat markets higher yesterday. Northern Crops Marketing and Investments President Brad Paulson says the wheat pulled the corn market higher. Yeah, corn especially, that was up uh, a dime in that March. Corn, beans, not so much, just up two to four. I did talk to my contact in Brazil here the last couple of days and he sent me some pictures. Uh, bean crop is very good in, in Brazil. It's uh, probably going to be a record crop. And they will start harvesting here in three or four weeks in some of the rules, real early areas. Argentina, though, needs more rain. Argentina still needs some rain. They just can't get enough to put the dry concerns to rest. Uh, it does cool off here after this weekend, and uh, there will be some showers over the weekend. But uh, looking forward, it's not a lot of rain in the forecast for them, but hopefully you know, when we get into the new year we see 
Uh, that pickup for those guys down there too. Producers in the north have called their cow herd hard after drought-limited feed supplies. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has that story. Reports of bred heifers bringing a premium have left some wondering if the cow herd comeback has already started. NDSU Extension Livestock Marketing Economist Tim Petrie says the outlook for bred heifers is positive as long as feed resources can keep up. You know, weather, again, is the big issue there. We've got about 70% of our beef cow herd in drought, so that's keeping, a, from a U.S. standpoint, keeping a kind of a lid on prices. And, again, it's dry in North Dakota here, although we've gotten a lot of snow here. But on a U.S. basis, when it does start raining, particularly in the western U.S. and southern plains and even here where it's dry, that's really going to spark the female market to expand. But the problem is timing there. We don't know if it's going to rain next year or not or when. It's going to rain sometime, and then when it does, we're going to see that bread heifer and bread cow mark really, really spark. Petrie says seasonal prices are weighing down cull cow slaughter. The cow cow market right now is in the doldrums, and it always is this time of the year because, you know, we pregnancy check, and then the cows come to market, so we're still seeing a lot of cows come to market right now. I think we're at the lows in the cow market, usually the seasonal lows get over here by the middle of December and start increasing in the next year. So I think we'll see that on the cull cow market again. Uh, this year, the cull cow slaughter was up 12%. And, you know, one of the highest cow slaughters we've had for many, many years, and it was all because of drought. Again, we, we need moisture, and it'll, it'll start in the southern plains, greens up first down there, and then comes all the way up here. Reporting agriculture's business. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. USDA has published the latest pesticide data program annual summary. The report found more than 99% of the samples tested had residues below benchmark levels. This is the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. NDSU Extension Row Crop Specialist Greg Endress says research or their research on corn and beans this year, past year, focused on plant nutrition. We continue to work do work with corn on on plant nutrition. We're focusing currently on on zinc, and we continue to do some work with phosphorus and as well as a bit on sulfur. In particular, we're looking at just application methods such as pre-planting application of of these nutrients during that to to uh, inferral planting time application, and, and then we do have some work with foliar application, in particular with zinc, comparing zinc foliar applied uh, early in the season compared to applying zinc either as a pre-plant incorporated fertilizer or as an inferral application at planting time. Andrus is studying the effects of phosphorus application at different intervals on soybeans. And then also a little bit of plant nutrition work that we're doing with phosphorus, uh, in particular applying phosphorus the year ahead of soybean for corn, but also applying enough for the following year's soybean crop. And then comparing that to making the application of phosphorus um, each year for separately for each crop. The CHS Foundation focuses in on three main areas. Cooperative education, university partnerships, and ag leadership programs. So our mission is developing the next generation of ag leaders, and that's how we employ that. Megan Woolley is the Senior Director of Stewardship and President of the CHS Foundation. 
That foundation is celebrating its 75th anniversary. It's one of the oldest corporate foundations, which is really indicative of that philanthropic commitment that our member owners bring to the communities where their employees live and work every day. Checking those markets, we are higher in the overnight trade. Minneapolis wheat March two and three quarter cents higher at 9.30 and a half. May three and a half higher. Chicago wheat for March, a gain of six and a half cents. And hard red winter wheat for March, a gain of five and a quarter. March corn, one and a quarter higher, 663 and a half. July, a penny higher. Soybeans are going the other direction, down two cents for January, 1479. And the March contract, 1483, down by one and a quarter cents. As we check in on the farm calendar, Potato Expo is going on in Aurora, Colorado, in that Denver area. The date's January 4th and 5th. The Red River Farm Network will have coverage from that event. The North Dakota Angus Association has its select sale. It's a select Angus sale. That'll be held January 7th. Also, as we look into the farm calendar, the Minnesota Crop Improvement Association inviting you to their annual meeting. The date, January 12th. That'll be at the Bigwood Event Center in Fergus Falls. And the North Dakota Grain Dealers Association with their 110th anniversary convention and industry show. The date's January 15th and 17th. That will be held in Fargo. Also, as we look into the farm calendar, the North Dakota Dairy Convention will be coming up in Bismarck. Again, the date is January 18th. Uh, they do ask for pre-registration by January 6th. Have yourself a great day. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Farm Network.